Welcome, everyone, to the Happy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Jack, lifestyle entrepreneur, professional model slash actor, biohacker, and eco-warrior striving to make a positive impact on this planet. My goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain you while reminding you to enjoy the journey, not just the destination, as you happy hustle for a life of passion and purpose. I am so grateful and humbled to be spending some time together today. Now, let's dive in. What is up, you beautiful happy hustlers out there? Carrie Jack here, and I hope you are having an amazingly beautiful, blessed day, because I know I am. And in this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast, we have on Mr. Jeff Soha, who is a philanthropist, chief executive, speaker, financial advisor, serial entrepreneur, Harvard Business School graduate, and happy hustler. And he has advised billions of dollars in wealth. He literally works with the world's richest people on how to manage their money more effectively, how to save on taxes, and how to actually increase your cash flow. And he's talking to us today. And this is very like one of those interviews, guys, where if you actually do even a fraction of what Jeff talks about, you will make more money. You will save on taxes. You will be better off. And this is why I even started the Happy Hustle podcast to just extract this wisdom from people who are hard to reach like Jeff. He only works with the top of the top families and entrepreneurs and people who are making millions and millions of dollars. And he's coming on the show to talk to us about how you, the happy hustlers out there, can actually cross that freedom threshold where you stop trading your time for money and you can actually live off your balance sheet. So we're going to talk about cash flow, investing, risk management, legal planning, tax planning, and so much more in this episode. And I'm telling you, you really can change your whole financial future if you just start to implement these things that Jeff's talking about today. So if you want to go deeper with Jeff, I, I, this this is one of the best call to actions I've ever heard on the show. TalkTaxWithJeff.com. Book a call with him right now at the time of this recording. It's close to, it's 995 bucks, close to a thousand bucks. But if he doesn't save you over a thousand dollars, you get every single penny back. So that could be one of the best hours you've ever spent by just hopping on the phone with him and actually getting, you know, your tax strategy, your planning, your legal planning, risk management, investment management, cash flow, some of these different topics. Like he told us on the on the episode that in 42 minutes he saved a guy $42,000. So you guys are going to get so much value from this one and if you do want to go further Go to TalkTaxWithJeff.com and just book a call with him while he's still booking calls because he's not going to be booking them for that long. So check it out, guys. Really powerful episode. I'm so excited to share it with you because I know this can really change your financial future for yourself and your family and your business. Now, I will say, share this with a friend, please, who maybe needs to get a handle on their finances, maybe who wants to dive deeper with, uh, you know, the freedom threshold and how to achieve it and how to just, you know, be more conscious and proactive with their taxes. There's a ton of gold here. And that's how we continue to share this message is when you share it with other people. And uh, it's a really great gift to give someone is that that gift of knowledge. So anyway, after a quick episode sponsor break, we're going to be diving into this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. Hey, y'all, I got to say, it's hard to overstate how important magnesium is for all aspects of our health while we're happy hustling a life that we love. I mean, right now, a lot of industry experts and authorities and doctors from Dr. Mark Hyman to Mr. Andrew Huberman and all these other really leading experts are talking about the importance of magnesium. But the truth is, studies show three out of every four individuals are actually deficient in magnesium. And I'll tell you, this is part of my staple routine to take magnesium every single day because it helps optimize my well-being. It helps reduce the stress levels, improves, improves sleep and my energy levels. Not to mention, it is really good for just overall health. But I'll tell you, normally 
I'm a big advocate for getting as many of our nutrients as I can through a well-balanced diet. It's just unfortunate that our food can't provide these nutrients alone because our soil is so overworked and mineral depleted. It's actually lacking organic matter, which helps plants get the minerals from the soil. And I actually read somewhere that if 10 years ago we needed to eat one orange, now we would need to eat 10 oranges to get that same amount of nutrients. So it's just not possible to get the amount of nutrients and vitamins and minerals from our food as it once was. So that's why I take Magnesium Breakthrough. And you guys, being happy hustlers, get the hookup. You can go to magnesiumbreakthrough.com forward slash hustle right now to save 10% off. And I'll tell you, the best part is it comes with a money back guarantee. So you have 365 days to get your money back if you don't like it for whatever reason. So go to magnesiumbreakthrough.com forward slash hustle now and get the hookup. Now let's get back to this episode. All right, Mr. Jeff Soha, welcome to the Happy Hustle Podcast, my brother. I'm super stoked to rock the mic with you. Thanks for having me, Carrie. Yeah, man. It's going to be a fun one. I mean, we are going to be talking about the freedom threshold, tax strategy, how to achieve that financial abundance, and so much more. And you are a philanthropist. You're a chief executive, speaker, financial advisor. You went to Harvard. I mean, you know what you're talking about in this realm, right? And I'm really excited to get into the weeds and and just help the happy hustlers start to cross that freedom threshold and, and make more money. And I want to dive into all that. But first, I want to ask you, Jeff, what is something interesting about yourself that not too many people know? I would say one thing is, um, you know, I've, I've been in finance for a long time now. And so most people that haven't known me for, you know, longer than 15 years or whatever, they don't know that I grew up in a construction company. Uh, my grandfather started and my dad took over and my little brother owns it now. And uh, so growing up in that, it was an electrical company. Uh, it was kind of mm-hmm. like a rite of passage to get an electrical license. So now I'm a finance guy with a master's electrical license. So uh, <laughs> my friends that do know try to take advantage of that. Like, hey, can you uh, help me with this light or with this whatever? <laughs> you know? And so that's kind of random. And I'll give you a bonus one. When I was in high school, I talked my parents into uh, getting me set up with uh, pilot lessons and got my private pilot's license when I was, uh, I think I was like 17. Oh, dang. That's amazing. I, um, I'm starting the the process to get my pilot's license as well. Yeah. And and that's awesome. You came from that blue collar, you know, work ethic because yeah. I think it's it's lacking now in this day and age. I don't want to go down too too far in the weeds with that one, but we know we, we're building some softies these days. So look for everybody <laughs> listening, if you just want the shortcut to success, uh it's called work your butt off, you know. <laughs> yeah. Have like work ethic is so rare. It's like have better work ethic than everyone around you, you know, be the be the ideal worker, show up early, stay late, over deliver, add more value than you cost. I mean, just and being reliable, like these are just key ingredients that I think used to be table stakes in the workforce that now like if you've got any of this or you're willing to do what it takes, like that's all you have to do to differentiate yourself these days. It's so true. You just like literally if you show up on time with like a good attitude, you're already in like the top like 10 yeah. percent, actually probably even higher. And like, and like do your homework, you know, yeah. like don't just try to BS your way through life, like actually do the work and then your confidence will improve and you show up with the ability to add value, which people will pay for. So true. So well said, man. And speaking of adding value, you know, I want to like kick things off with the bang. And I just want to talk about the freedom threshold first and foremost. What is your definition of it? So, you know, after working with, I don't know how many of, you know, the most successful, wealthiest entrepreneurs in the country, um, I started to realize there was like this pattern where we could kind of distill all of these financial goals down into really two two goals at at like kind of a root level. And so what I found is that, and maybe this is true outside of entrepreneurs, but my focus has been serving entrepreneurs. Uh, so what I found is that most entrepreneurs are 
their like primary goal when they're getting going is they want to get to a place where their livelihood for the rest of their life can be sustained at, you know, outside of their labor without trading Mm. time for money. They want to get to a place where, you know, and they might have a lot of different ways for saying it, but they basically want to get to a place where they know, Hey, getting this business going is really hard. Like if you think Mm. about what it takes to have a successful business, all of the odds are against you. Like all of the odds. Okay. I think only uh, 4% of entities even have a million of revenue. We're not talking Mm. just revenue. Um, There's only about 500,000 taxpayers in the whole country that have over a million a year of taxable income. We're talking like, you know, 0.1% stuff, you know, I, I think it's something like 90% of businesses fail in the first five years and maybe uh, the ones that make it 90% of those fail in the next five years. So like, if you have a business that it, you've been at it 10 years and you're making good money, you're in the top tax bracket. Like, I mean, you, you you've already done this superhuman effort to like take this mm. idea and literally birth it into existence and scratch and claw your way up out of nothing into something. Right. Mm-hmm. So knowing how hard that is. And just like the, the like supernatural force, superhuman effort you had to put into it. You want to get to a place where you can say, you know what? I know what I'm capable of. And I want to reserve the right that I might want to do that again, but I don't ever want to feel like I have to do that again. Mm. So when you cross that freedom threshold, you know, you're able to internalize and go, I'm never going to have to do that again. If I ever want to do that again, it'll strictly be by my choice. Right. Mm. And then what I find kind of the other second category, the second like root um, financial goal is once people kind of internalize, Hey, I think my family is set for the rest of our lives. Like pretty sure we're never going to end up you know, beggars on the street, under the bridge, like, you know, um, hungry and homeless. And so once you kind of internalize that, you go, well, geez, what's the rest of my life for? And so you can break that down into significance. What's the impact, like legacy that you're going to leave and how do we scale that and and magnify that? So you realize, Mm. okay, I am going to die and I'm probably going to die with some leftover, you know, resources. So what do I want all of that to do and what kind of legacy? Mm. So, you know, whether it's getting across that freedom threshold or going, Hey, I'm there and I want to scale my legacy. Like, you know, those are really the two primary sides of this threshold. And it's, there's not a magic number. It's not like, Oh, Carrie, you and I have the same threshold. It's like, it's a very Mm -hmm. individual thing, you know? And so you can look at your life and what you need and what does it take for you to cross your threshold. And I'll tell you, I think, I think crossing that threshold allows you to live in a place with just more peace and joy. Cause you're yeah. like, you know, there's this saying about um, men that when men get, you know, men never think about the future until they get married. And for mm-hmm. those of you out there that are married, you have kids, you know, it's just innate inside of us that we're like, I need to provide. And, yeah. you know, so whenever you get to that feeling, we're like, I think I have enough, you know, it, it's like this weight that comes off of you. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's a powerful, you know, crossing when you get over that chasm, that mm-hmm. freedom threshold. And mm-hmm. I would venture to say most of the happy hustlers listening to this right now, are probably on their journey to crossing it, but probably haven't crossed it yet, right? They want to put the happy in their hustle. They're still trading their time for money in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And they are looking to get to that freedom threshold where that weight is mm-hmm. off their shoulders. To those specific people, Jeff, what is that process? I mean, I know there's a ton of different angles and, and tips and tools and tactics that we could get into, but when it comes to specifically your specialty, what are like the big buckets that you focus on in order to get to that freedom threshold? 
Yeah. So do you want like the super simple answer or do you want like the elaborate expanded answer? Let, let's go with the elaborate because we have okay. a little bit of time. So I'd like to use it. Okay. Well, remind me to give you the super simple answer at the end then. Okay. Okay, please. <laughs> because because I think it'll bring it all on. But okay. You know, essentially what I've found is there's 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 five key areas of your financial life that have to be in order. Cash mm. flow is number one. Most mm. people don't even have a good handle on where the money's coming in, where it's going, what's left over. There's no process or system structure in place to manage that cash mm. flow. And so you kind of get to this point where you're like, you know, when you're starting out in life in your 20s and you get your first job and you're kind of budgeting and going, okay, I need to like, you know, make my money work. And then you get to a point where you just kind of realize, it's like naturally you, you're, you're making more money than you're spending without much effort. You just kind of, hey, I'm kind of content spending this and my income happens to be more. And so you just kind of forget about cash flow altogether. Right. Um, so mapping that out, projecting that out, you know, having like for our clients, we map out a five year calendar. Uh, we look at a 12 month calendar. We're, we're very intense about cash flow planning. I mean, that's that's the what makes the wheels go round. So, if you don't have a good handle on cash flow planning, the rest of it doesn't matter. Okay, so mm. like, you first have to get that as your foundation. Otherwise, like we don't even need to talk about anything else, right? Mm. So yep, that's that's huge. Okay. So then once you have good cash flow management, and let's say you have you're not you're not spending all of your money, you're not. <laughs> and you've got yeah. some discretionary buffer margin in there. Okay, well, what do we do with it? And so then we have to think about investment management, you know. And I, I think one of the biggest, um, like, telltale signs of a broke paycheck to paycheck entrepreneur is when if you if you're looking at their finances and they don't really have much liquidity, and you say, well, why is that? And they and their answer. This is a this is like this is the mark of a broke paycheck to paycheck entrepreneur. Well, it's just all reinvested in the business. I'm like, <laughs> that's interesting because you know, like, let's say if you had I don't know a few million bucks set aside, and you want me to manage that for you, you're probably going to want monthly reports. You're going to want like quarterly investment review meetings. You're going to want to meet with the investment team. You're going to want to know all this stuff all the time. Right. You're going to expect us to be all over it. But what I find is that when people say, oh, well, I just don't really have any money because it's all like reinvested in the business. That's their way. That's like the answer that sounds good, where the real one is likely just I blew all my money. (laughs) Okay, so you invested in this business. So show me where you accumulated cash. You developed your investment thesis, you know, what, how are you going to invest? Where are you going to invest? Why are you making that investment? And then show me where you intentionally made that investment. And then how are you measuring and monitoring and managing that investment? And when are you going to decide whether or not you need to pull the plug on that investment or how you know if that investment succeeded, where's Mm -hmm. all the tracking and management of that investment? And it's usually not there. And so then you go, Oh, got it. People usually have two reasons for doing something, you know, one that sounds good and the real one. So (laughs) I think, I think think being honest with yourself, like don't, this isn't about anyone else. Okay. Mm. Comparison is for sure the thief of joy. All right. Yep. Amen. It doesn't matter. Look, just look around in your life right now. And no, you know, I said only 500,000 people are making over a million dollars a year of taxable income. So what is that? Like 0.15% or something like that. So just know, like, let's just call it like 99.9% of the people that you see. Forget what your brain tells you. Oh, they have a nice car. They have a nice house. Whatever. 99.9% of people ain't ain't crushing it. Okay. They're just not. <laughs> yeah, True. So just yeah. know that and then go, it doesn't matter what I'm perceiving about someone else. It doesn't matter. What we're talking about is you and your mm-hmm. threshold, right? What, what do you need for yourself and your family to set your, you know, you up for success? Yep. And that has nothing to do with anyone else. Yep. So let's just be honest with ourselves and stop lying to ourselves and, and, and using answers that sound good. And instead, let's focus on 
all right, what is the real deal here? And then we can do mm. something about it, right? So yeah. let's take that liquidity, let's take that discretionary uh, cash flow, and let's make the most of it. And here's what I'll tell you mm. that most, most financial advisors, like don't even get me started about the financial advisor industry. It's very frustrating to me, but most like, let's say you had a few million bucks, you go to a financial advisor and you're an entrepreneur. Most of them want to just look at that few million bucks and pretend that is your entire financial universe. Well, Carrie, this is, this is your financial world. So let's get it all diversified and well-balanced BS dude. You've got a business that business probably represents 90, 95% of your net worth. Mm, yeah. So this small single digit percentage of your net worth that somehow escaped the chaos and volatility of your, your one, you know, overly weighted tiny micro cap stock called your business over here. Somehow we had this money escape that hurricane. Like <laughs> in a bunker and protect it and preserve it and make damn sure we don't lose it. Why in the world will we want to go expose that to risk? Yeah, true. Out of, out of all of the wealth that I've ever advised, it, a, a small amount has been inherited. Almost mm. all of it has been created in business. I don't mm. think I've ever worked with one single client who became wealthy from investing. Mm. Investing is about preserving your purchase power, preserving your wealth, keeping up with inflation, things like that. You're not going to create mm. wealth there. And you could say, well, what about guys like Warren Buffett or Ray Dalio or something? And, and, and I would ask you, I'd say, did they make money from investing or from the business of investing? Mm. Uh, yeah. Like, is it their personal money that compounded into like, a hundred billion or is it, well, I set up a company to do investment yeah. management and that company was so successful that I made so many billions of dollars from their business. Yeah. Wow. See? I mean, these are some powerful breakthroughs right here, Jeff. I just want to kind of recap what I'm hearing so far. Like you mentioned the first two big buckets to focus on it. And I just want to double back and echo the point like cash flow is king, right? That's what they say. And it really, you have to have cash flow in order to have abundance in a, in a business. And, and I don't think enough people focus on it. So I really urge all the happy hustlers right now listening and watching to just think about your cash flow and actually know your numbers, right? And then the second thing you said that really struck me, you know, yes, you want to focus on that second bucket of investing and in, in the management of your money. But ultimately, the business is what's going to accumulate that wealth, not investing it. Like you have to continue to build the machine in order to reap in, in the rewards. So, so these are powerful, man. I love, I love where we're headed. What, what's the third bucket to focus on? Well, you, you just made me think about something that kind of ties back to the first two. And then we'll get to the third one that, you yeah. know, a lot of times people are like, okay, fine. How much liquidity should I have? How much should I have set aside outside of the business, outside of my house, just like liquid dollars? Maybe they're invested in something boring like U.S. Treasuries or something, right? So I would say you need to have at least as much liquid as you have an annual income. So if you're mm. out there and you're like, hey, I make 500 grand a year, cool. If you don't have 500 grand liquid, and liquid just means you could convert it to cash in a day or two, Right. If you don't have at least that much liquid, there's a there's a problem there in your cash management and you need to get your liquidity up above your mm. annual income. That's a healthy threshold. OK, OK. The third thing I would say is risk management. You know, you're out here mm. building a business, right? You're trying to create this net worth in your business. And the more successful you become, the more liability and risk you have. And the mm -hmm. more that people are going to want to take it from you. So yep. you have to think about uh, asset protection. You have to think, good gosh, like, especially if I have family and people depending on me, like I'm putting so much into this business. What happens if I get disabled and I can't run it? What happens if I die in an accident? I'm not here. You know, if I have partners, what happens if one of the partners dies? Like what happens to the business? Um, what happens when I like, you know, if you haven't been sued yet, you're probably just not successful enough. I haven't met a single person that's really successful that hasn't been in a lawsuit. 
you know, I think I, I saw some interview with uh, somebody asked Richard Branson one time about lawsuits and how he manages all the stress. And he's like, at any given time, I have over a hundred lawsuits going on. It's just part of business. You know? <laughs> so, wow. Like, you know, or like you look at Elon Musk and he's like, screw it. I'm just going to build a, a like high level elite legal team just to deal with it all. Cause it's so constant. Right. So like, as you become more successful, that will be part of it. You'll have lawsuits, people trying to take what you have. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's not, I mean, just realize like if, you know, they wouldn't be doing it unless you had something worth taking. So it's, it's a good, it's a good sign of, <laughs> of success, I guess, but you've got to think about these things and think, gosh, like I have people depending on me. Maybe I have employees, mm-hmm. families, like we've got to really shore up the risk management so we don't go backwards, right? It's we yeah. talked about how hard it is. It's like we got to make sure we don't go backwards, right? Yeah. So risk management's a big deal. Um, Very big. The fourth One, thing let say, me just let, oh, let me just ask real quick, Jeff. When it comes to that risk management, is there some key things that you recommend? Like I know you are and you talk with Garrett Gunderson, a mutual friend of ours about like whole life insurance policies and that, that cash value insurance. Is there like something specific when it comes to risk management that you're like, Hey, most of you out there should have this. Is it, is, would that be maybe well, that? I would say you need a good insurance broker, like who's going to mm-hmm. look at your property and casualty and your liability insurances. Uh, if you haven't shopped it out in a while, you should probably go get a different broker to take a look at it and shop it out for you. Uh, we oftentimes find for our clients that they, they don't have all the coverage they should have. They're paying too much for the coverage they do have. So, you know, you just need to like give it a little bit of attention and make sure that all of your risk is properly covered. Uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's good too to have life insurance and disability insurance. Um, you know, those are good insurances to have, especially if you have partners to um, have buy, sell insurance um, for your liability insurance. Umbrella insurance is really cheap and it's kind of a, an, a backup layer of insurance over all your other insurances. So load up on that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, but risk management, you know, insurance is part of it, but also, you know, it bleeds into the fourth category of legal planning because mm. your, your entity structuring matters. Like, hey, do I have different liabilities that are commingled? What that would look mm. like is um, I have an operating business and, I, and maybe I own the building that I operate out of and the building and the business are all in one entity. Mm. Separate those because they're really two different assets and two different risk profiles and have different liability, right? Like like if your business, depending on what it is, like you're, you're probably not going to have a problem if somebody... Um, slips and falls at the office. Like, what does that have to do with your business? But that has something to do with the real estate. And so, you know, if you get into that type of claim scenario or lawsuit, then all right, you you want those things separated. So, Mm. you know, looking at separate entities, also looking at, hey, where do I store cash? I get it. It's important to build cash. So I have a war chest to be able to, you know, fight off the the world and, and everything that all the challenges that are coming my way. So where do I hold my war chest? Do I leave it in a checking account inside of the uh, operating entity that has all the liabilities so that when I get sued, they're like, sweet, you've got a massive checking account. We can just drain that puppy. No, (laughs) separate that out into a holding company, you know. So entity structuring is a big deal that kind of bleeds from uh, risk management into legal planning. Um, Mm. And, and, you know, you could take it farther with different types of uh, irrevocable trust or foreign trust. You, you might not need that depending on, you know, I think you should keep it as simple as you can to get what mm-hmm. you need. I am so excited to share with you the latest Montana Mastermind Epic Adventure. Now, I will say due to many requests, we are doing a winter edition of the Montana Mastermind Epic Adventures. This means if you want to come skiing and snowboarding in Montana this upcoming March 2023, you can apply to come and kick it with me in person, shred some pow-pow, and just be around a like-minded, happy, hustling, badass entrepreneurs 
who are all making over six figures, who are heart-centered, and who actually care about infusing passion, purpose, and a positive impact into their daily existence. We have so many cool things lined up. In addition to just skiing and snowboarding on amazing mountain uh, Montana runs, we are going to be soaking at thermal hot springs. We are going to be doing some ice fishing and hiking and campfires and all sorts of cool activities. We're staying at a mountain mansion that is absolutely stunning. We have a professional chef who's going to be cooking up delicious just amazing meals. And we have business masterminding going on where we're going to just work through your adversities and your challenges, as well as share other people's wins and your wins so that we can all learn from the collective wisdom, just having fun, mixing business with pleasure, all in the beautiful Montana wilderness. I got to say, I love me some masterminds, and this one is going to be epic. So if you want in, apply today at kerryjack.com forward slash Montana. And I will say spots are very limited. We cannot take very many people in this winter edition. It's already got a lot of interest and a lot of people signed up. Um, and it's going to be a small intimate gathering. So if you want in, jump on it before 2023 ends or before 2023 starts, um, rather. So Jump on it, kerryjack.com forward slash Montana, and I hope to see you on the slopes in Montana soon. Peace and love, y'all. Let's get back to this episode. As you become more successful, mm -hmm. you'll amend your planning and you'll update your planning and add on to your planning. But, you know, having a good yeah. meal, having an estate plan, hey, what happens to your stuff, you know? Yeah. Illegal yeah and this is a lot of stuff I, I don't think people actually think about until it's too late. Right. Where, where it's like, oh, shit, I'm in hot water legally and I just didn't prep for it properly. And my businesses are all commingled and now I have to hope for the best kind of thing. And it's just yeah. this is what Jeff's here for to tell, you know, all you, all the happy hustlers, his clients. This is what he does with people at the highest level. We're talking billions of dollars that. I, I mean, what's the number? Have you, have you advised? Did you know like how much wealth you've advised over the years? I'm just curious. It would be cool if I did track that number. I mean, yeah. I don't, I mean, you know, when I was earlier on in my uh, career, you know, and I didn't have a lot of clients, uh, it was kind of weird. I kind of knew everybody's finances. And now I feel like, I feel like a priest here in confessional or something. It's like, <laughs> man, I'm just like, I've heard so much. I just, I don't know. I, you know, people walk up to me now and think that I like have their financial situation right at the tip of my head. And I'm like, I don't, I have to go dig out your file. I don't remember. I don't know what my, yeah. I can't remember, yeah. but you know, it's it, billions though. I know it, I know it's high. I mean, it's gotta be because oh, yeah, you work I mean, with if, some of those. If you're talking about net worth, if you added up all the clients over the years, I mean, we're, we're, we're in the tens of billions, uh, for sure yeah. of net worth. Yeah. Um, uh, wow. Probably not to a hundred billion, but somewhere in the tens of billions, I would think, you know, Jeez. Um, I mean, but, but I just wanted to echo that point or at least extract it from you because like th this is, the expert in the game, or at least one of the top of the top experts when it comes to your business, your your tax strategy, legal advice. Like that's why I wanted to have Jeff on the mic and just start to obviously we can't cover it all in this, you know, <laughs> podcast, but we do want just to just bring to their awareness some of these different points. And I think legal is one I, I really want to just put a stamp on because this is something for my own business that I'm looking into more and more, how to protect my downside, how to structure my entity properly. And really you have to seek out people who are smarter than you. You can't, you know, spend your 10,000 hours on tax, legal, you know, your business, all the different things. Like you have to outsource and hire the best, which is, you know, why Jeff is doing yeah. something very generous with his time. We're going to talk about after this, but let's get into the next, the next bucket. So far we got cash flow, investing, risk management, Legal planning. What's the fifth? Well, on the legal planning, something else to add in there to chime in there. You know, mm -hmm. I don't like paying insurance premiums, but I pay insurance premiums. So if the catastrophic event happens, I don't have to pay for that. Right. So I try to get my highest deductibles. I'm like, you know, like 
I'll replace the bumper on my car. You replace the car. I'll replace my roof. Mm-hmm. You replace my house if it burns down. You know, I'll I'll pay mm-hmm. for the broken arm. You pay for cancer. I I I transfer the risk, the catastrophic risk, right? So with legal planning, this is what I, this is what I've come to believe about legal planning is that you are going to pay. Okay, what you have a choice for is do you pay on the front end or the back? <laughs> yeah. What I've experienced is that when I've gone cheap on the front end, it has cost me exponentially more on the back. So true. Okay. Yeah. And, and so now I kind of look at legal planning uh, because I don't like paying legal bills. I mean, every time I get a bill from an attorney, I think, how the heck did it get to be so many thousands of dollars? I just think. (laughs) Fail or what happened? <laughs> yeah. like, like, you know, put your kids in law school. You're like, dang, you know, but, but so I, I hate to hand legal bills, but I've, I've like come to internalize it and go, all right, look, whatever I'm paying on the front end is I, I know it's smaller than what I'll pay on the back end. If I'm not well covered on the front end, yeah. you know, and yeah. So if I do the planning up front, I can now internalize it and look at it like an investment. Okay. Mm. I'm investing in good legal planning to save me money later. Or it's like paying an insurance premium where I'm going to pay the small amount premium and avoid the big catastrophic uh, issue, right? Or minimize or Mm -hmm. mitigate that. So that's kind of how I stomach legal planning now. Um, I mean, Carrie, we were just talking about like some multi-generational planning in your, in your own family, you know, and it's, Hey, if that planning had been done sooner, it would have cost less. And now like, because it's a bigger deal, you know, it's probably going to cost more and there's, there's more moving pieces and parts to it. Right. So, you know, it's like, all right, well, um, you just know you have the choice. Right. And yeah. Please learn from my experience. The front end. Is- <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Pay on the front end or the back end, but typically the front end's cheaper. That's yeah, true, man. Gonna, well said. One or the other. Okay. And like, if you, yeah. if you cheap out on the front end, just cause you haven't had the cost of the back end yet, it'll get you one day. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's not a matter of if it's more a matter of when. So, so the fifth deal that a lot of people love talking about is tax planning, you know, if you look at getting into the top tax bracket, it's 37% federal. If you're in states like California where you pay all the tax or New York City, you know, you're you're pushing after you add in the state tax 50%, okay? So that that's probably one of your largest expenses in your life, right? And what mm-hmm. I find is the way that people go about managing it is we don't manage it. And we procrastinate and we put it off and we don't think about it. And then after the year's over, so like after this calendar year is over, next spring, we call up our CPA and say, yeah, I don't have it all together. And like, cool, we'll find an extension, give you another six months. You're like, cool. So then you get out to like August or so and you're like, I really got to get it together. And then what yeah. you do is you go and you dump your digital shoebox on your CPA. And you're like, here's all my stuff. And they're like, great. And they sort through your digital shoebox. And they fill out all of the compliance reports, a.k.a. tax returns. That's what it really is, is a compliance mm-hmm. report to the, to the authority. And so they say, hey, here's all your compliance reports. Take a look. And you're like, well, I don't like the outcome. So let's stop and think about that for a second. Okay. nine months after the game ended and you're complaining about you don't like the outcome but you didn't look at it till nine months after the game was over yeah so it's like the work for tax planning like and the the other misnomers people think oh well my my cpa should figure it out listen cpas are in a tough spot okay they have a seasonal job spring crazy busy they're working double time they want to take off in between fall crazy busy working double time they want to try to get a a, a decent holiday break okay so it's 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 this kind of business cycle for them all right really mm-hmm. tough and we don't make it any easier cuz who's calling up their CPA in like may and being like hey i was just thinking we should probably sit down and go through all my stuff 
just kind of see what <laughs> yeah. talk about it. Let's maybe have several meetings about it. Just kind of go through it and see what we can come up with, you know, while we're in the middle of the game, before the game's over. The game being the calendar year, right? So mm-hmm. the, the, to change the outcome that you don't like that you're dealing with, you know, several months or nine months after the fact, you have to make changes during the calendar year and say, hey, what can I do differently? How can I restructure mm-hmm. what I am doing? What can I add or delete or change or modify that's going to move the outcome in the direction that I want, right? Mm-hmm. So that when I get to that compliance reporting period, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty good, you know? Mm-hmm. But it, that requires being proactive. It requires being really yep. creative. You know, and those are two things that you don't typically find in a CPA. So mm-hmm. the reason why we bring a lot of tax strategy and we get a lot of our referrals, probably most of our referrals come from CPAs and people think, oh, geez, Jeff, if I hire you, then I have to fire my CPA. No, like we don't do what they do and they don't do what we do. You know, we're providing this creative, proactive strategy. They're your compliance officer saying we need to make sure all the correct forms are are sent in. We have all the forms filled out correctly. We've taken all your information and reported it correctly. Right. Um, so like if as long as your CPA is open minded, collaborative, responsive, things like that, they're great. Right. You just don't mm. want to be an obstructionist. But yeah, if you are frustrated with your CPA, you know, if you're bringing ideas to them and they're telling you no. The, the best question or response is just, that's interesting. I'm curious. I'm confused. I want to learn. And you say, hey, so you're telling me I can't do this. Can you show me in the tax code where it says I can't do this? Because I'd like to read it and understand. Because mm. what, what, your, what your entrepreneur brain thinks is, I know what I'm trying to achieve. I think I can achieve it this way. If I can't yeah. achieve it this way, well, once I read it and understand the rules, maybe there's a way around to get to the same point, you know, mm. CPA is just like, no, you can't do it. And they might be right, but you're like, but you need to understand why can't I do it? Because what we yeah. really want to find out is this is the result I'm after. So how can I get there? Even if it's mm. not a great path. Right. So yep. that requires a lot of proactive, you know, problem solving, you know, engineering, you know, creating solutions, things like that um, for, for the tax planning. So, I think that's probably some good context. If you're, you know, if you find yourself not liking the outcome, look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. How proactive are you being? Right. Yeah. Like I have people call me this month, December, which is our craziest month for taxes because we're just trying to get all the loose ends wrapped up, you know, and I'm like, look, the only capacity we have left is nights and weekends and holidays. So unless you're willing to split the savings in half with me, then like we can work on it next year and you're going to pay the piper this year. Like your procrastination (laughs) is not my emergency, you know? Mm. Boom. I like it, man. I mean, I just just really have to get started in like August. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, just to kind of double back. This is something that I have taken real serious being proactive with my taxes just this this year. Like it's taken multiple years in business of failing, like Jeff saying, then saying, being honest, hey, I don't like this outcome. I want to change it. And if you look at all of your expenses throughout your business, like your business life cycle's biggest expenses, oftentimes taxes, probably majority of time, right? Like taxes are your biggest expense. So why do you wait to focus on why do you not prioritize them? They have to be a part of the conversation. And that's why people like Jeff are, you know, doing what they do. They, they complement your, your CPA. They don't, you know, work like either, or it's, it's something that I didn't understand. And I think it's important, Jeff, just for, for people who are like, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about, which I'm sure is pretty much everybody listening. Where do they actually go if they wanted to work with you or or if they wanted to maybe go a little deeper and like dive into these five different things that you re- mentioned, you know, cash flow, investing management, risk management, legal planning, tax planning, like where could they go? I mean, do you have um, an option for the happy hustlers who are, are interested in learning more? Yeah, um, a, a good place to start 
is to set up a strategy session where we dig into your specifics. Um, the, the website is just talktaxwithjeff.com. If you mm. go there, you'll see a calendar and a link to book a time. Um, it's 995 bucks now. I don't know how, you know, the, these evergreen podcasts don't uh, hold my feet to the fire that I won't increase the price, but the guarantee yeah. is that I'll save you at least that much in our time together, or I'll mm. just give you all your money back. So mm. that's probably a good place to start and get a lot of yeah. value. And then if, if yeah. there needs to be more, we can take it from there and figure out a good, good way to go. But, you know, um, <clears throat> with taxes, you, you, here's here's something you can just all take home and think about take whatever your income is your taxable income okay and multiply that number times 10 percent based on my experience of consulting at numerous successful entrepreneurs you're probably if you haven't done really good tax planning you're probably overpaying and wasting at least that amount if not significantly more in tax mm, wow so that number bothers you then do something about it if you take your <laughs> income times 10 percent and it doesn't bother you then just keep doing what you're doing <laughs> yeah i mean that's a scary number i think for probably most people listening and <laughs> you know it's worth having someone like jeff just like dig in and just have the strategy session Hop on the call. I mean, the guarantee is literally risk-free. If he doesn't save you that much money, you get every penny back. So like you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Guys, if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur or even just a uh, an executive who is like, I'm probably overpaying and I want to, you know, double check. Like, I think this is a very, very important like call to action, probably one of the most important we've ever had on the show. It's talktaxwithjeff.com. We'll link it up in the show notes. But guys, money well spent. Take this as just, you know, your catalyst to really being proactive with your taxes, with your business and with your finances to ultimately get to that freedom threshold, right? And and I'm, I do want to give you the opportunity, Jeff, to put a bow on it. You mentioned you, you're going to tell us the simple way to, to go about those five different buckets to focus on. What is that simple way? Yeah. So, and, and let me double back on the, on the, um, if you want to set up the strategy session, I don't know yeah. what the smallest return on that has been so far. Um, I, I, I think maybe, 20,000 somewhere in that ballpark was the lowest amount that we uncovered in one hour. So that was wow. about a 20 X return for them. I've had numerous people that we uncover over a hundred thousand dollars just in that first hour. One guy, it wow. just worked out randomly where, you know, I'm doing this whiteboard and we're adding up how much ballpark we've saved him. And it was, we were at, at 42,000 of savings we had found and I happened to look at the clock and we were 42 minutes into the uh, call. Oh my geez. Minutes. This is pretty solid, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. So anyways, it's, it's, it's usually not, Hey, pay me a thousand bucks and get, you know, 1500. It's more like pay me a thousand bucks and get 20,000 or 50,000 or something. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, uh, that, that's usually how that goes. So, Here's a simple thing. I, I have struggled in my life with my weight. Okay. I mean, it fluctuates like the stock market. You know, we have good years and bad <laughs> years. It is, it is volatile, right? And so uh, I kind of use that to relate to somehow um, the financial discipline I have. It, 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 fortunately, God willing, I don't know, it was instilled with me as a child or it just comes more naturally. Whereas like with food, I have to really um, consciously be aware and thinking about it, very intentional, you know, multiple times a day. And I think it's kind of that way with um, with uh, our money. And I'm not saying that weight is the end all be all of health. OK, but I think we can all agree being overweight isn't great. So to lose weight, I know mathematically it's just you know, cal more calories burned than calories, you know, consumed. And so I know that if I have a low enough amount of calories, I will lose weight. There's probably other ways to do it, but I know for sure that works, right? It's just math. So with money, like, you know, if you, 
my mom used to say, eat less than you burn and spend less than you earn. Okay. So like Love it. the more margin that you make in your life, the easier it'll be. And what I found is a luxury once enjoyed becomes a necessity. So try, try your best to be happy with what you have and recognize that more stuff and more liabilities aren't going to increase your joy that much, but they mm. will increase your stress. So if you can be happy and content with what you have and let your income keep rising so that the margin and buffer and discretionary income keeps rising, the people that I have that make the, the most money, they live on like 10% of their income. Okay. Mm. So most of these wealthy, successful people I work with are living on 10, maybe 20% of their income. Okay. Wow. So just keep that in mind and go, geez, it, what's your ratio look like? Are you living on 80 or 90% or are you, are you saving 80 or 90%? Get that snowball working in your favor. Right. Yeah. If you just do that, it's going to set you apart and set you ahead from everyone else. If you want mm. one take home thing to do today, as long as you can spend less than what you're earning, take and automate, go onto your bank account, log into your bank account, have a brokerage account at Schwab or some online high yield savings at some different financial institution, not where your checking account is. And think, not not this month, because this month we have all these one-offs and we have all these you know things and there's all these reasons why we don't have the financial results this month. But let's think about next month, because next month is going to be perfect, right? So next month in the perfect future month, how much could you save if you had to? Take mm. that number and be like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, this month we have all these excuses. I mean, reasons for why it is but next month i could i could totally do this much next month you know yep take that amount go into your checking account set up an automatic online transfer for that amount from yep. the account to some other financial institution could be a brokerage account some online savings account something else we have to trick your subconscious get it out of sight out of mind because what we find yep. is that People are expert budgeters, even without any software or tracking. Because if you look at most Americans, they can spend exactly how much money they make, like almost right down, like very close to zero. And there's no tracking. Like mm. think about the power of your subconscious to know how to spend exactly how much money you have. It's yeah. not like you spent three times the money you had. Or, you know, or you spent half, you spent like exactly that amount. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So yeah. wow. Take, how do we take that power of that subconscious power, which is literally amazing. We have to trick the subconscious and get that money out of our checking account. Our, your primary checking is the financial account you log into more than anything else. Mm -hmm. And when your subconscious sees some number there that it thinks is a lot of money, which is different for everyone. And it thinks, wow, we have a lot of money. Your subconscious starts processing all of the marketing messages and ideas it's been storing up going, geez, we got a thousand ideas here. Let's see yeah. what we can spend this money on. And yeah. then you say, where'd all the money go? <laughs> yeah. Well, your subconscious spin it. You yeah. know, wow. You have to get it out. And if you just do that, if you can figure out how to get control and think about that ideal future month and automate that out of your primary checking account, you will be better off. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, this is such a huge point. I love that you said it, Jeff. This is this changed my financial future, doing just what you said. I, I started to automate all of my finances. I even automate my donation. So every month I donate right from my account and it goes right to causes I believe in. And it's like automated. It's a, it's a game changer. Think about this. Okay. Um, do you have a mortgage carrier? Have you had a mortgage? Uh, I don't right now, but you've had one before. Yeah. Okay. So you go and you buy a house and you have a mortgage payment. Uh, did you ever miss your mortgage payment? No, just like you don't want to miss rent. <laughs> so you could use the term rent too. Okay. So why do you not miss a mortgage payment? What happens if you miss your mortgage payment? Oh, your, your house gets taken. <laughs> right. And if you want to keep it, 
you have to pay how much the next month? Two months worth, right? Okay. And ultimately, if you do this long enough, then you end up owning the house and you have paid off the house and you own the house. You have bought the house. Okay. So think about this. You are buying right now, everyone listening today. Today, you are purchasing a financial future for yourself. The question is, what financial future are you purchasing? Mm. Because if you think about the financial future you want to have, if you think about where your freedom threshold is and you back into that, to what you need to do today, this week, this month, that's a bill. That's a payment. You owe that payment. If you don't make that payment, what happens to that financial future you were purchasing? Gone. It's gone. You lose it just like you'd lose your house. And if yeah. you don't make that payment this month, how much do you owe next month if you want to keep it? Two yeah, double. <laughs> yeah. So just know, like, don't kid yourself. This goes back to being honest, man in the mirror. You yeah. are today, right now, making decisions to purchase a financial future. What is that future that you're purchasing? Mm. And I don't love it. Yourself, Jeff. You think you're purchasing something and, and then your actions and your bank account and your transactions show, hey, well, I was I, I thought I was buying this mansion. Turns out I'm buying a tiny home. Yeah, yeah. No, so so true, man. I, I, I think it's so important just to be be proactive, be honest, and just really, you know go deep into these different five buckets and really look at your life and assess it honestly. Um, yeah. Here, take your I, I do want to take your financial future and turn it into an obligation the way you would your mortgage and yeah. buy that future that you want. If you have employees, yeah. think about it. It's not like you can't do it. If you have employees, when's the last time you missed payroll? Oh, like yeah, true. once a month, we kind of miss payroll. No, you find a way and you make it happen. So find yeah. a way or make one to make your financial future happen. I love it. Jeff, I, I know you got a jet and I want to respect your time. So I would like to put you through the three happy hustle hack questions and then the rapid fire round will wrap this up. So first and foremost, you mentioned health. Is there something that you do, a tip, a tool, a tactic in this realm that is maybe a little unique that keeps you optimized that we could deem a happy hustle hack? Uh, that I probably spend about 20 minutes a day in like devotional and journal, uh, reading and writing, just having that like mental processing time. I think so much of what happens in our day starts up here. And yeah, uh, so having that good devotional reading and that journaling time that that's huge for mental. Yeah. I love that. What about in terms of finances? We talked a lot about money, but do you have a specific happy hustle hack, something besides just automating your money, something that you do that's a little unique? I mean, keep your keep your lifestyle down. Be content. Yeah. Be content with what you have. Realize mm. that realize like that materialistic things, just think back to the thing, the last thing you bought that you thought, Oh baby, this is going to, you know, I got this new car. It's so awesome. And you go and you look at it every yeah. day for like the first week. And then by the second week, it's just a car. Right. Yeah. So, so true. you know, just realize like the peace and joy that you ultimately want, isn't going to come from stuff and liabilities and mortgaging your future. Yeah. When it comes to relationships, I know, you're married, you have kids, you're, you're in it right now. When you're an entrepreneur, sometimes it, it gets tough to manage your relationships, your business, all of it. Do you have a happy hustle hack when it comes to your relationships that, that maybe you can share with the happy hustlers? Put it in your calendar. If it's not in your calendar, don't lie to yourself and tell you tell yourself it's important. If it's important, yeah. it's in your calendar. Mm, well said. Let's run you through the happy hustle hacks or the happy hustle rapid fire round, Jeff. This is where I just ask you random things and you answer honestly. First thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. Okay, favorite food. Go. Mexican food. Nice. Favorite movie. Favorite movie? Um, I would say favorite movie is probably about time. Mm, favorite book. 
right now I probably have about a dozen books by John Maxwell on my nightstand. I really like his stuff. So I would just say the John Maxwell books. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Best business advice. Jeez, that's a tough one. Um, I would say look at your business and make sure that everything that you do is profitable so that you Mm. profit every day, every activity, Mm. make sure that everything you do is profitable. Mm. Love that. What's your spirit animal? I don't know. (laughs) I would think maybe like a, maybe like a bison or something. I feel like I'm really (laughs) heck. And they just have to weather the storm. And I feel like I've, I've, God keeps giving me plenty of opportunities and storms to weather. And I, I keep standing. There you go. Three things you're most grateful for. Uh, my family. Uh, my financial independence. Um, and my faith. Love it, man. Crush that rapid fire round, Jeff. Last question on it. If you had a billboard for the for the whole world to see, what would that billboard read? Oh, wow. Right now, I try to filter everything in my life by uh, peace and joy. So it would probably be something around focus on, you know, what brings you peace and joy, you know. Boom. Love that. Jeff, man, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you, brother, for sharing your love, your light, your wisdom, your your knowledge with us, the the tax strategies that I've acquired from you and Garrett and and just you know, what you, what you have brought in my life, I'm so grateful for and And I know the happy hustlers as well. So I just want to say thank you, man. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah. Now, final call to action. Well, I just want to remind everyone guys, check out talk tax with Jeff. I mean, definitely worth the investment that you have everything to gain and nothing to lose. So take action on that one. Jeff, do you have a, um, place where people can follow you online as well or do you have any, yeah, any you other can, thing that- you can i mean and we didn't really talk about it but i had i had built a firm and sold it and now i've got a new practice going but i don't invest much in marketing so you can i mean you can find me on all the social channels and uh, my website is just jeffsoha.com so you can look me up at those places awesome yeah jeffsoha.com guys check them out and jeff man this has been amazing last question What does happy hustling mean to you? Saying no to the things that take away my peace and joy and saying yes to the things that increase it. Boom. Mic drop. Jeff Soha, y'all. Thank you so much for watching and listening. We are out. Peace and love. Real quick, y'all. I want to share with you something that is making a very positive impact on my physical health, as well as my mental health, but more so my physical health, because I really believe that you have to detox your body. You have to sweat those toxins out regularly in order to be optimized, in order to actually happy hustle your blissful balance and your dream reality. And one of the ways that I actually detox my body is from my therapist. Therasage infrared portable and affordable 360 plus sauna. This thing is my go to. I love it because it's actually affordable and it is portable. And it actually is made by a family owned company that stands behind their products. And the best part is you actually get the hookup for watching and listening to the Happy House podcast. You can just go to therasage.com and you could just type in code HAPPY and it will actually save you over 10% on everything store-wide, but specifically the sauna. And the good thing about the sauna is it actually burns calories. So you just sit on your bum, you can burn calories, you can decrease the inflammation in your body, which a lot of dis-ease stems from, and you can increase the blood flow circulation, which I'll just tell you, there's a ton more benefits, but those three in and of itself are worth your while. So you guys check it out, Therasage, that's T-H-E-R-A-S-A-G-E.com, and then Use code HAPPY to save yourself some money. And they got a bunch of holistic healing products on their site. But I'm just referencing this Thera 360 Plus sauna. I have the black one. Love it. And uh, the cool thing is also you actually 
you know, you have hand holes where you can stick your hands in. So you could be working on your laptop or reading and your head protrudes. So your brain doesn't swell. A lot of like other saunas that, you know, the dry saunas, like at the gym, potentially, um, if you have one in your gym, you know, it's like a hot rocks. Those actually swell your brain over time and have detrimental effects. And given my current brain injury from the CO poisoning, I'm really glad my head is actually protruding from the heat zone in this Therisage sauna. So that's another reason why I love it. You guys check it out again, therisage.com, and then use code happy to save. Now let's get back to this episode. Real quick, I just want to share with you something that is near and dear to my heart. See, as a proud American, when I heard this stat, I was floored. 22 veterans actually take their own lives every single day, according to the Department of Veteran Affairs. And that's 22 too many. So the cause of veteran suicide prevention is one in which I am just all behind with all my might. And I think you should be as well. And that is why my friend, Mr. William Brandon, 26-year Navy SEAL veteran, started the company Naked Warrior Recovery. And it was created with the clear initiative to develop premium products to support physical and mental recovery through innovation and excellence. And two of my favorite products from Naked Warrior Recovery is Navy SEAL CBD Energy Drink. This stuff helps with energy and focus. It has 75 milligrams of caffeine, kind of like a cup of coffee, but it has 12.5 milligrams of CBD. And we're not talking just any CBD. We're talking premium quality, USDA, organic grown CBD. See, they are actually third-party tested. They're veteran-owned and operated, and they come with a money-back guarantee plus free shipping. And this is my go-to pre-workout lately. I got to say, it really is delicious and nutritious, and it gets you going, as well as Naked Warrior Recovery's Cool Recovery Muscle and Joint Rub. And this stuff is really great after a hard workout or after a long hike. You can put it on you know, those sore spots, and it really helps your body recovery. So you guys actually get the hookup for watching and listening to Happy Hustle. You can go to NW Recovery and use code HAPPY to save yourself some moolah off of not just the Navy SEAL CBD energy drinks, not just the muscle and joint rub, but everything on their website. And you got to just love the mission behind NW Recovery. Actually, they donate a portion of their proceeds to fight veteran suicide and just increase the prevention of this terrible tragedy. So go to nakedwarriorrecovery.com, use code HAPPY, save yourself some money, get some great products and support an amazing cause today. All right, now let's get back to this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. I truly am so grateful that you took the time out of your busy day to spend time with me. Now, if you got any value from this episode or any episodes in the past, it would mean the world to me if you could please leave a five-star review and share this episode with your friends so we can continue to spread this message. Guys, as always, it's been a blast. Now go out there and happy hustle for your dream reality. Yeah.